0: Coming up on Jess Elders Podcast. Uh, I think I had one black teacher my whole education. Two, if you count my mama. And I wouldn't count her. <laughs> 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 Damn. I can, you five, I can take you five. I can take you five on We It's grown folks. Keep grown. And he don't have his camera on at work. <laughs> 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 Damn. Keep grown. Damn. A lot, young Lion was put in a hyena pit of athens christian uh school uh where them white folk used me for my exceptional athletic ability (laughs) 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 and you know uh walker has a line where he's (laughs) and this is just me like and i hate to be this person because you know i feel like People that are not educators got all the answers. Yes. <laughs> you know what I'm saying, niggas, <laughs> niggas, <laughs> niggas, niggas? Niggas, niggas I be watching niggas online. Like, they just got all the philosophy, right? But just, heard, what's that? Breaking news, breaking news. Eldridge Washington.
1: But we're speaking to the masses today. So y'all representing
0: not- all educators right now today. I won't let y'all know that.
1: Oh, we are? Yeah. Okay, well, I need to change my narrative because I am not going to sit here and act like all of my co-workers. I'm going to keep...
2: This is your address. (laughs) Yes, yes. First of all, let me say to everyone who preceded me in trying to address (laughs) this situation. I want to say to um, Dr. Andrea, first and foremost, I think we may. Made- Maybe we will let Eldritch, someone who felt like he did not have the intellectual prowess to be what he thought he could be because nobody raised the bar for him to high jump and go on to excel. Not only in athletics, but excel in what he actually does naturally right now, which is he's a podcaster. He's an entrepreneur. He is probably the most gregarious brother I've met. Can we just call them young. Hey, we call them the youngest in charge. Why, y'all?
3: <coughs> ready?
0: Born ready.
4: You don't want to go in there, Mr. Clark, and Stinks. <laughs> yep.
2: My, my, my. It's <clears> Tuesday. <throat> <clears throat> <Aren't you throat> little songbirds from the cafeteria. weren't they with you?
1: Who these guys?
2: <laughs> well, I'm sure you've learned the school song by now. You better know it. Because this time, if you don't get it right, you're suspended for 10 days each. Now, is that clear? Is that clear? Yes, sir. All yes, right, sir. then. School song. Let me hear it.
3: Is right, Let him hear it.
4: Fair Fair East Side, by thy sound we'll stay and always praise thy name, praise thy name, praise thy name to ever. Again. Yeah. Let our hearts and hands to help increase thy fame. Honor <laughs> of all Are you coming here? <laughs> Cause for our loyalty,
3: loyalty, loyalty.
0: What's up, family? It's your boy Eldridge, you're tuning to the greatest podcast to ever hit the airwaves, the Jess Eldridge podcast. I'm super excited because I'm about to record the greatest episode I have ever recorded. I say it every time, and I mean it every single time. Thank you for everybody tuning in uh, to last week's episode. We appreciate y'all. I am super excited about this week's episode. I started with actually my top three favorite movies. Uh, um, y'all already know, yeah, lean on me and it's definitely my top three. Um started without with that because it's a time to have another conversation. Um a while back, if you go through the JEP crates, we had a conversation, an episode called, uh, I'm an educator, not a teacher. Um that's when we brought in Keith's old high school teachers, my lettuce man brothers, <laughs> Dr. Kenan Walker, Dr. Babatunji, and uh they came in and just broke down what it is to be an educator, not a teacher. Uh, now, we're having a different conversation because as educators, as parents, as students, we're all in a different time. And I think we need to have a conversation about the state of education and what we're going through. So I'm going to dive right into it. I got some very special guests uh, person to my far right, your left, uh, he is no stranger to this show. You have seen him a few times and every time he comes, he drops nothing but knowledge. The studio is a look framp because he's bringing all his books as always. Y'all give it up for my big brother, the number one motivator, internal educator, Dr. Keenan Walker in the building. <laughs> How you doing, sir? Yeah, yeah,
2: um... Do I need to have these on Keith? If you want to hear. I'm good. I'm good. I think I'm good. But yeah, Keith, um, let me just say, first of all, welcome, 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 welcome. I'm acting like it's my show, right? <laughs> no, I just want to say thank you e, for inviting me to come in in such an important conversation in such a, um, important time where we're dealing with an epidemic. I mean, an epidemic in the midst of a pandemic. And it's not COVID. It's saving black and brown boys and girls. So thank you for the invite to be here with two other powerful educators. Super excited. This next person I'm going to bring to the mic. She is definitely
0: no stranger to me. I've been knowing her for every second of her life. <laughs> give it up to the newest kid, newest educator on the block in this room, my little sister, my inspiration, my little mentor. Uh Give it up for my little sister, Winnie. <laughs>
1: Thank you, brother. How you feeling? I feel awesome. I'm very elated to be a part of this conversation because it is my true passion. So thank you for the opportunity.
0: All right. And last but not least, uh, this person right here, someone I love and uh, I adore, someone uh, who has been a supporter since day one, day one of the Just Sheldon podcast. <laughs> uh, yeah, I give it up to this uh probably one of the most engaged, exciting Kindergarten teachers I have ever seen in my life. (laughs) Y'all give it up to the great Dr. Andrea Kidd.
4: Thank you. Thank you so much. I'm elated to be here. I am excited about the conversation that we are about to have. And I agree with brother Walker. We are indeed dealing with an epidemic inside of a pandemic Mm -hmm. having nothing to do with COVID-19. Yes.
2: So
0: what I'm going to do, what I want to do is I'm going to, I want to actually kick back with y'all. I'm going to bring this down. I'm going to sit back with y'all We can have this conversation So um education For those that listen to this podcast Education is very near and dear to me Um I don't have Many regrets But one um thing That I would go back And do different is my Academic journey If I could go back And redo something I would do my academic journey I feel like where I am and where i landed is where I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be. But I do see um, the disadvantages I had by not having brilliant black teachers in my life. Uh, I think I had one black teacher my whole education, two, if you count my mama and I wouldn't count her. <laughs> Damn! Don't kill him as Washington. <laughs> I, went, I, went, I was, home school sister. I went not killing her as an educator. <laughs> hey, hey, uh, hey,
1: uh. I disagree. For the record, My mom was solid. We had she two different
0: solid. experiences. You know, they always <laughs> talk about that kids and the household. Two different experiences. Two different. Yeah, y'all, y'all know. Y'all be posting stuff online that be really triggering me like when the mama be like how many apples how many oh, shit. <laughs> that shit be taking me back to a time like oh mama <laughs> so, so so you know I had my mama and then I had Miss Arnold 6th grade my 6th uh, grade uh, math teacher in Carver Middle School and after Miss Arnold that was the last black teacher I had I went to the uh, hyena pit, the li- young lion was put in the hyena pit of Athens Christian uh school uh, where them white folk used me for my exceptional athletic ability. <laughs> 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 and, you know, uh Walker has a line where he says, you know, a student can't high jump if the bar is set too low. And my academic uh, bar, I-, I would argue, was set low. And I never tried to, like – rise to jump up and beat that. So I'm, you know, every time I had these conversations, I get jealous like when I brought on Walker and then I brought on Tunji and then I find out Keith had both of them as high school teachers, it makes sense. <laughs> Keith is like one of the smartest people I know. It literally makes sense. Like who he is and how he looks at education. I was like, "Damn, I did not have that shit." So now I said, I'm saying all that to say I care about education. Yeah. I care about it. And I'd be concerned because I know a lot of students that think they dumb are not dumb. I thought I was a dumb student. Mm. So, and I know how smart I am. Like, now I'm intelligent. Yeah, I know that. But, like, I thought I was was a dumb student. So, I'm looking at all these students now. And I've been looking at these young men. I'm like, because I was talking to uh, one of our students. And I was like, bro, like, are you feeling because, like, you don't know the work? Or are you just being lazy. Cause some folks try to say they being lazy, but like, nah, probably you, cause I remember being in sixth grade, not knowing, like, like the teacher was just saying a whole bunch of stuff. And then, you know, I just leaned in on my, I overcompensated with my personality. <laughs> <laughs> like you had, you asked me to say, so I used to throw a joke out there. You know what I'm saying? Whoo. Got through that class. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so now. You know, our kids, man, is different. Like, we were struggling to keep our kids engaged while school was here. So I want to talk to y'all. Uh, let's talk about what's happening now. Uh Andrew, I'm going to start with you. Uh, you're educator. Talk to us about your experience as a teacher pre-COVID, and then talk about the vast difference post-COVID now.
4: One of the major differences that I can talk about pre-COVID and post-COVID indeed is engagement and a sense of support as an educator in a school that's 90 percent black students 90 percent black teachers we were family and we provided not only the education but all of the other wraparound services that come with that eye exams, health screenings, food, breakfast, lunch, and even in the after school programs offering dinner. And so some of the children were with us from seven to seven. And now that was suddenly taken away from them right? Uh-huh. and from us. And so now there's this distance between us. And we are struggling to wrap our arms virtually around our children and offer them that same level of support.
0: Mm. Wendy, I'm going to go to you. I know this year's second round teaching. When You were first teaching. You was teaching an MLK, Spanish teacher.
1: It's my second round in the U.S.
0: Yeah, yeah, because yeah, yeah. you left. You were teaching in China. Right. You know? well, I, I definitely want to talk about that, too, that experience. Um. And then we came back. Now you are full virtual, and uh, talk about that. Talk about like what are you doing now? The difference between when you were there and then how you're teaching now virtually. So I'm getting I, to a point of all of this, so.
1: right? So I actually love it more. Virtually, as a young teacher, it gives me the very unique opportunity to use this social media, this world. Hey, that because okay,
0: You be on Instagram while you? Teaching? No,
1: no, no, no. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't even have my Instagram. sister be
0: having a conversation <laughs> with me while <laughs> her students. Honey. No, don't do
1: that. I don't have an Instagram. <laughs> but um, my point is, I can take things from YouTube and things they're already using. Right? They're already watching YouTube and stuff at home, but showing them something different and how it relates to their educational experience. Um, and because I. am Young, I'm probably the youngest teacher in my school. I'm one of the youngest teachers. Um, So I'm training them how to do things online. And now I've stepped into an opportunity to show them that, you know, you've been doing this all your life, but this is a better way to do it. And the reason that's important, because I work for a school in Arizona. of our students are refugee students, they're Navajo children from the Navajo tribe, and they're Latino students. So their first language is not English, and their parents do not speak English. But yet 95% of the teachers in my school are old white women. So they're not connecting. They're not connected at all. So it's given me the opportunity to pretty much run the show as this young woman, and I can be a little more bold because I'm online. So I love the experience right now for me. I'm just keeping it a hundred. I love it right now.
0: All right. So I see I didn't want her on this show. Not <laughs> your, your so rude. He's so rude. Looking for people that hate it. Uh, last but not least, man, Brother Walker, man, uh, I've been in your classroom. I, I've literally said it. I was like, man, if I, I would give anything to go back and be one of Kenan Walker's students. Um, he had one of them classrooms where I would literally, you could know I ain't lying. I've literally came and just sat in just, you just enjoy it. I ain't got to speak. I, I just want to watch his students engage. And he always says it's not about, uh, the students answers. It's about the questions. And I see how inquisitive his students are and I see how many, how engaging and how they're pushing back. He encourages the pushback. So. How are you converting that online? Because I know what you did offline. So what is that looking like online for you?
2: Well, first of all, since you said you wanted someone to come on who did not like it, I hated Eldridge. Mm. Now that I got that out the way. <laughs> <laughs> There's always two sides to every story. So since I had to um, appease the brother who brought me onto his show, I'm trying to break the record for appearances. So I definitely want to make sure I get an invite back. <laughs> so that's the one thing i learned you know when you're dealing with people in terms of education as well as being in the real world there's a perfect marriage that was formed with similar to what winnie said and what my dear sister over here said tell me your name one more time andrea Andrea said andrea i'm gonna take today i'm just gonna use everything they say to um marry my answer or my response our babies are missing those hugs so we have to figure out a way to give them virtual hugs our babies are missing that depth that they get when they come to mr walker class every day what up wall you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. so our babies are also when you going to what you said they are missing a number of different things but the key word you said to me was there's no connection and if anyone has ever come to any of my trainers e, you've been to almost all of them the first thing i talk about is connecting the dots mm-hmm. see the dots could be a myriad of things. But right now, the dots that we're talking about connecting is how do I stay connected? Like for real, for real with our babies who might be struggling if they are like the students at South Atlanta with a um hotspot that doesn't work half the time. Mm. So mm-hmm. now this is what I'm doing. E. I think the whole first nine weeks, man, it was kind of trial and error with all of us because it's like, okay, you know, we thinking we might be going back, you know, so you're dealing with what I would say, Andrea trauma, trauma is real yeah so when that sister said we had them from seven to seven can you imagine you being at big Mama's house from seven to seven and big mama she cooked breakfast big mama she hugged you when you came there big mama told you how nice you look big mama said she got the smartest grandchildren in the world big mama then gave you a lunch big mama gave you some freshly um squeezed lemonade you know like real lemons big mama then concluded by giving you what we call in the country supper mm-hmm i need you to get this right here now all of a sudden all of those things are removed and now i'm at home with someone who might say that they love me with their mouth but you don't love me with your actions Mm. and then now i'm online with a host of other individuals who won't even do something as simple as start their video so that educators can see them so now what's starting to happen is E, and i would i would just drop See, this, it's
0: this, this, get this motherfucker. so like, what
2: starts to happen is that now i spend more time you know like asking negroes to start their videos just so i know they're in the academic space than i do you know and so so a lot of what i'm talking about e when i when, when we talk about whether we like it or not i just got to get those bad apples first because when you come to my second question i get to like how is. Just like your sister said, it's the greatest thing that ever happened for me because all it's done was do what Stephen Covey says in the seven secrets of highly effective people. It made me focus on habit number seven, sharpening my soul. So I don't see it as a young person making me better. I see it as us as a collective community making each other better because I might be more solid than some of the young people on my staff when it comes to technology. You understand what I'm saying? Right. So I think that this the three people you have up here today, I think all of us the commonality that we all have is that we care whether they be from the Navajo um valley or the Navajo um I don't know exactly what the verbiage is, but whether they be Hispanic, but more especially from our um demographics, we know that we're dealing with um one hundred percent well, 90 probably ninety five percent or ninety percent black, about five percent Hispanic or whatnot, but we love all babies equally the same.
0: Uh, Andrew, you you starting getting inside of man? Talk to me about that uh <laughs> that that video, but that struck a nerve
4: with you. I know, like we have our challenges, and in addition to what we were already dealing with, coming from a school that's one hundred percent where the students are one hundred percent eligible for free and reduced price meals. Yeah, and then you give them the space to participate or not to participate yeah. mm-hmm. right now they have the control they can turn the camera on turn the camera off mute the teacher leave sleep and there is nothing
3: you know.
4: that we can do other than turn your camera on text mom baby has a camera. Off. Mom, can you please see if the baby is alive? Is the baby asleep? I don't know if the baby's there. Can you check on the baby for me? Can y'all talk? So we spend a lot of time chasing that chasing the children. We don't even know if they're there. Half of them like uh, Dr. Walker said, the screen is off. Yeah. And you call them, no response. Yes. I, I teach 5th grade.
0: Oh, you're fifth it. Okay. And so
4: in my mind, we are expecting them to be college students at the age of 10. Just think about how when you go to college, you're responsible for going to your eight o'clock class, your 10 o'clock class, mm-hmm. getting the lesson, making sure you're turning in your you assignment. Five, I can
0: take you five a day. We It's grown folks. Keep grown. And he don't have his camera on at work. Keep growing. So and he getting paid to be there. So so we can take it farther than that. So so I keep going, keep going.
4: (laughs) But we are expecting a ten year old, an eight year old, seven year old to perform at the level of a college student. When you get to college, they say, look to your right, look to your left. Somebody's not going to be here. Mm-hmm. And most of that is because of time management. Mm-hmm. And an eight-year-old, a nine-year-old, and a 10-year-old, how can they be expected to come to class at 8 o'clock, log in, be ready? Okay, log out for me. Go to your next class. Come back to me. Okay, we're going to log off for lunch. Come back on time after lunch. Okay, we're going to take another break. You're going to go to your specials. Come back to me. Come
0: on now. Hey man, that baby shot get good. Mm. Nigga, I ain't coming back. They are not. <laughs>
4: hey,
0: my show don't got good. You think I'm coming back, man? <laughs> hey man, I'm going to be a stint lunch dog. <laughs> like, so y'all, what, what are we going to do? Like, I, like, so I really feel like, and this is just me, like, and I hate to be this person because, you know, I feel like, People that are not educators got all the answers. Yes. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Niggas, <laughs> niggas, like, yes. niggas, niggas niggas, I be watching niggas online. Like they just got all the philosophy, right? Well, what y'all should be doing is, so I'm not being that guy, but I'm saying, what are we going to do? Like, cause I feel like what COVID is doing to our kids now, like is we're going to start getting statistics and facts about COVID 10, 20 years ago and later like our grandparents got with cigarettes. Like we didn't realize cigarettes were just killing us and uh, all that stuff. Like we're going to realize right now we're only talking about the economic effects of COVID. Mm-hmm. We're not talking about the educational effects of COVID. We're not talking about how many kids really not going to know how to read for real, for real, even more. We're not going to talk about how many kids that are, how many kids? This is affecting you and graduating, going to college? Because it's two coins, right? Yes. On one coin, you got student like, uh I was on line with my cousin, and we we're like, man, what's up with your school, man? He was like she Sh- like she, it's great. He said, you really you can't fail. He said, he was like you just log-, log in, he was like you can't fail.
2: So expound on that. Did he give? it's Not true. Yeah, did, you can
1: fail. Well,
2: and, what, 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 well he, I won't say I do not Well.
1: Depends on the school. Depends on the school.
2: I'll rather say now. Let's be honest on this thing now. Now, you can fail them, but you you better make sure you have emailed a thousand times. You have called everybody Mm. in the damn family. You have doggone gone by and done home visits. Mm. You have doggone actually made sure that that student right there was given an ability to make up every single thing that they've missed for the duration of the doggone semester. And if you have not done all of those things, so if those are your options as far as failing somebody. Now, that means you're spending 90% of your time on failing somebody instead of using that 90% to educate the students who want to get an education. So you make the choice, E, and I know that's not my question. I just want to say something. No, let me
0: just jump in. Just jump in, like... Well, you better no, I, no, I just
2: I just want to address it because I want to get me one of those direct that my sister got on the end. So I just want to throw that in. there. Right, so you.
1: let's be clear. <laughs> I don't think any children should be failing with online learning. I genuinely believe that. But the reality is, you know, all of our kids don't have wonderful black teachers to care about them, to mm-hmm. educate them. And just like the women that I'm working with, they don't care about none of that. They're looking at very traditional things of how things were done in the classroom. So some of your children will fail. If you are not holding them accountable to what they need to do. But what the pandemic has given us is the unique opportunity for parents to be a part of their children's education. Because let's be a honey. Prior to this. No, but prior to this. No, let's keep it a 100. Prior to this, kids still couldn't read. Yeah still kids still didn't know what to do yeah but it's not the computer but that was
0: y'all fault they was at the school with y'all
1: no no Don't, i'm not well okay <laughs> this why we got to clarify who we're talking to the educators that you have in this room we mm-hmm. do our job and we do it well okay but we're speaking to the masses today so y'all representing
0: not, all educators right now today i'll let y'all know that oh we are yeah
1: okay well I need to change my narrative because I am not going to sit here and act like all of my co-workers I'm going to keep it a hundred though like we work even when I was working at MLK high school the reason I left MLK High you School. Said, Fuck, you <laughs> no, like I'm not going to lie. The reason to... I left that school is because I was Hold with on, you them. You called out the school? Yes, I called them out cuz I graduated from that school and I took a lot of pride in working MLK for that school. High school. Yes, MLK High School what in Decatur, Georgia. Be. I'm not doing that. Okay? <laughs> but the point was is Was that MLK in Atlanta? No, Not in the on oh, um, yeah. um Wesley Chapel. Um I graduated from MLK, so I was proud to be a Spanish teacher at a black school as a black woman that's a hundred percent black.
0: What year did you teach?
1: last of oh, 20 <laughs> my life so crazy 2017 you be- <laughs>
0: yeah, um, but
1: no i just need to point it out there that when i was an educator there though it wasn't educators who were doing their job correctly or doing it well and furthermore it was not administration that cared about those students that could not read and just like you said those principals that had doctorate degrees and had master's degrees they still weren't taking care of our babies so we have to clarify the conversation that it's not just the computer that's going to hurt our babies. This has been a continuation of people not stepping up to what they needed to do for education.
0: So, Walt, based on what she just said, is COVID-19 education era going to expose the good from the bad? That's what I think. Or is it going to help us overall? What is, what is COVID-19 going to expose?
2: I think what COVID um, nineteen is going to expose is going to be, depending on what perspective you're looking at it. Because I heard that you got data, you yeah. got data, and then you got lie about the data. See, I can make Break data. That I can make Break data. Break that down. Break that down. I can make data, right. data say what I want to make it say from a quantitative perspective. And hence, that's why Atlanta Public School found themselves a few years back in the cheating scandal, because if I know my livelihood Damn. is connected to data then it kind of takes away my ability to hug more. It takes away my ability to be worried about if you ate last night, I'm more concerned if you're going to pass this exam that's going to directly affect my livelihood. Pre and post test. -test. Exactly right. So now when you start thinking about a testing situation, I'm, I'm so grateful that I didn't grow up in an era where any of my teachers mentioned the word testing. Because I would have test anxiety at the wazoo right now because we do um two week testing, four point five week testing. We do um this kind of testing, that kind of testing. You go to damn PE and you're almost doing a t- well, you know, getting math for PE. But when you so- you're supposed to be working on your health, so I think here's the super dynamic E, and I'm gonna get. I had to just frame it. You got those people like myself, and I say this on any show that I attend, you got people like myself where educating black and brown boys is a part of my DNA. I'm always going to align the standards with self-awareness for black and brown boys and girls, more especially black boys and girls. Even if it means I lose my livelihood because I because I can always find a job which is just over broke or jumping out of bed with my qualifications and with my pedigree. And even if I can't do it, when I lost my job at Tri-Cities, Keith, for teaching too much black history at a black school with a black principal pre-COVID-19, it taught me a valuable lesson. I don't ever need to work in a system. I choose to work in the system so I can fight behind enemy lines. So with that being said, what are you expecting? That, that that's, that's a better way of framing it. As an individual educator, Wendy, this is what you were alluding to. As an individual educator, will I come out of COVID and will my babies come out of COVID better? I think the ones of them who come to school every day to get an education, they will far surpass every student in America. I, I didn't say in Atlanta. They will force a My ethnic studies students right now for their final project is working on a 15 page research paper in which they have the autonomy to decide the topic that they want to research.
3: Mm.
2: One of my babies, she says, I want to actually and she's a Hispanic girl. Maria just got here about three weeks ago. Maria is actually talking about racism and how it impacts the student within their own community. Another girl is dealing with it from the vantage point of microaggressions and how people of the majority race or the majority group actually use microaggressions, more sp- more specifically, microinvalidation, which happens to black boys who don't get that hug from Miss Andrea or Miss Winnie. Microaggression when somebody say, Well, I don't see color when I'm teaching black kids. If you don't see color, you have already started wrong. And let me give you a book now. I got go a book. Jawanza Kunjufu, Black Students, Middle Class Teachers. Mm. Black students, middle class teachers. See, my children, they grew up in a household with a middle class teacher educator who was one of the breadwinners, as well as someone who they knew would go up to the school and fight on their behalf so if my children were experiencing COVID right now they knew that we would be up there saying we need to make sure all the resources are going to be A1 we need to not only make sure the resources of our kids are A1 but if Ms. Winnie happens to be my child's teacher Ms. Winnie needs to have some headphones that are going to be clear Ms. Winnie needs to make sure that all of her boards or whatnot is working Ms. Winnie needs to make sure that when she comes online I don't care if nobody else start their camera KJ Walker and Jasmine Walker their camera will be started Every single day, Miss Winnie, if their camera is not started, even if we're at work, you have the ability and capacity to call them out on the spot. And if they don't open that camera up in five seconds flat, we need you to make a call to both of us, and we will be at your house just to, just to thank you before we go home and kick ass. Come on. So it all depends, E. And it I will contains. conclude this by saying this right here, E. So imagine if I'm a baby who's coming from a house where people say education starts at home. Hence, black students, middle class teachers. See, when I hear people say education starts at home, I made a post online purposefully the other day. And people just like, I agree 100 percent. That's right. I didn't make that post because that was my perspective. And this is what you talked about when you said what I do with my students. Oftentimes I will come in and I will take the exact opposite of what I believe, because I know what the school system has taught my students. If Mr. Walker said it, then it must be right. And then when I have that one bold student that only when, like you said, in this um pandemic, that's buried in the midst of an epidemic i got that one bold student who now i'm not sitting in the brick and mortar room i feel a little more safe on my couch talking to mr walker he says mr walker respectfully i have to disagree with what you said and i just say brother thank you because what if home for me is a group home what is home for me is us going door to door, living with my auntie, and I'm not talking about my biological auntie. I'm just talking about auntie who my mama smoke a good blunt with every now and then. What if my uncle is that man who my mama said was my uncle, but Uncle Charlie ain't really Uncle Charlie. So with that being said, E. Charlie spending night. Yeah, man. So with that being said, E., if Damn. education starts at home, how do we define home? And I'm bringing this to a hasty end. How do we define home if education starts there? Second of all, if I'm homeless, who's responsible for making sure that I get on the computer every day? And more so than that, because I am reading endorsement certified. What if my mama cannot read? I don't care what grade level you're talking about, so the very person who you're saying is responsible for making me get on my computer and do the work she cannot even help me, so now I got, hey, do this work before you go to your special, do this work and then you come back at the break, so what I'm saying is it all depends on perspective man, and I think right about now, a lot of us we're going to come out of here with better skill sets, we're going to come out of here, maybe not even being inside of a brick and mortar building again because what we have, and I can only speak for the three that's here today, and I think I can speak from them just in the short time that we've been in his room today i would say i have what i call a the gospel of walk mm. it's an academic and educational ministry and it all starts in the book of acts shun mm. talk about and it. i cannot worry about what someone is saying this person is doing or that person is doing because the great minister Stephen wonder minister Stephen wonder said all i do mm. and also we have the great minister marvin gaye He asked what's going on. So when we start getting to the bottom of what's going to be most effective coming out of COVID for our babies, first and foremost, because I'm not talking about nobody lives mattering until you talk about that 90%. Or black children that she's teaching, or that 100% black children that she's teaching. These 90% who do not speak the same language as 90% of the teachers that reflect, you know, like that equality or whatnot. Right. Nobody in my school is going to talk to me about all lives matter until you talk about black lives mattering and Hispanic lives matter because that's who I'm I'm charged with educating every single day when I come in at school. E. So I think that is a question. And I conclude with this: This book, where's the e? Right here. Can I- It's more complicated than we'll ever know So this book is entitled The Question Behind the Question See all the people you're talking about Who are speaking from the um, stands What they call the Monday morning um, football
1: coaches
2: (laughs) (laughs) They're just answering the question They don't even understand That there is a deeper question Behind Behind the the question. question So I think some people will come out as winners e Depending on how they determine winning And some of us will come out of here Knowing that a lot of our babies They are moving on to the next grade but they will be just like some of the babies last year who experienced this. As soon as it happened, they will be a graduation without an education.
4: Mm. I think one of the other things that COVID is exposing is the economic disparity that is so prevalent because there are some that can afford to have someone to come into the home and watch their children yeah. while they are at work. Yeah. But my parents do not have that luxury.
0: So I want to go here. Me and Andrea, we, we talk all the time. Well, and we've had a couple of conversations. So I'm giving you a promotion today. All right. You got a promotion. Andrea, you are over all of education of Georgia. Mm. You have the power to do whatever you feel we need to do to educate our babies.
2: Hey, superintendent Andrea.
0: What is your move? Money not an issue.
4: Money is not an issue. Ooh.
0: We are gonna pay for it.
2: <laughs> we never heard of that in
0: that.
2: <laughs> <laughs> That's a question behind the question.
4: <laughs> One of my <laughs> fantasies, and Eldridge laughed at me. I mean, full belly laugh. I love, mean, he fell on the floor. Like,
0: come on, no, love no, me, love no,
4: me. <laughs> no, full belly laugh. I said, okay, Eldridge, our children need to be. Educated at the same time that their parents are employed. So if my mother is working at IBM, then the school needs to be at IBM. If my mother is working at Walmart, then the school needs to be at Walmart. And so while mom is working, I'm being educated. I'm in the room with the teacher. So when mom gets off, I'm off, and we go home together. We come in together, we go home together. Wherever you're working and there are children that your employees have, you need to provide a school. I
0: ain't even got kids. I don't want my kids on my job.
4: Yeah.
0: Hey, Hey, look. I'm the, like, the, the reason why I laugh, let me tell you why I laugh. <laughs> this is why I laugh at, and Winnie, I want you to go you... When you, when you Oh, hand him the mic. hand him this mic. Uh, the reason why I laugh, if guys, you know what I'm saying? My partner, man, love this nigga, man. He's fire, right? He the best cook at, um, American Deli. Killing it. So I just imagine got down, <laughs> hit four kids <laughs> in the back. Like, it, it was just like, I get what you were saying. I just didn't get it and that would make it probably a good idea you know what I'm saying the good ones you don't know I, about
3: I think what's a better uh a, a merger idea is you should district the kids probably closest to where you work not where you live Right? maybe that way you know but
2: what if I work in Buckhead but I live on Cleveland Avenue so no, I, now let me tell you where the real issue is going to come. Here's the question behind the question. Kids, now, kids. but, but see now like that. that deals with the systemic racism. It deals with the institutional racism that nobody's talking about. See now all of a sudden we will come up with resources to deal with the issue that Miss Andrea is talking I about because about we don't want those Cleveland Avenue Negroes coming out here to Buckhead exactly. to our schools so with that being said y'all see that's why i said there's a question behind the question Mm -hmm. and see a lot of this stuff that we're talking about is institutional racism and we're dealing with systemic racism because right now i know when i was growing up my mom was a high school dropout with five kids Mm-hmm. She had to work two jobs Just to make sure She could keep food On the table It wasn't that She didn't care about Coming to PTA meetings And things of that nature She was more concerned About what we talk about With Maslow's hierarchy See I want to make sure the Negroes out here Who think they know About education Bruh You can't debate me On education Tell And me. more especially You can't debate me On the education Of black and brown boys Especially black and brown boys Using Baba Walker's SI line Which is superior And inferior
0: Talk about a Baba Walker. So yeah,
2: underneath S and I You you still got other layers in the black community. So you got superior, inferior, you yeah. got, um, well to do blacks and you got not well to do blacks. You got, um, Buckhead and you got bankhead and on Buckhead and, and Buckhead and bankhead, it keeps going on bankhead. You got your dark skinned kids and your light skinned kids. Mm. On Bankhead, on. you also got parents who are educated and parents who are not Uneducated. educated. Come on. On top of that, now you got your new gentrified head, which is now Donna Lee Hollowell. Talk about it. Oh, man. This yeah, thing me... gets so deep that when we talk about what Miss Andrea, our newly appointed state superintendent of schools, <laughs> with an unlimited...
4: Fun. Like, <laughs> <and> <laughs> with an unlimited resource.
2: Even with that money, Keith, I think right here... To help my dear sister out because I know she's gonna need an uh, um an assistant. Yeah. My sister has <laughs> to have the balls to know that she will probably only do one term. Yeah. Let me tell you why she's only gonna do one term. Just feeling her spirit right here today. Anybody who puts the education of black kids first and foremost and brown kids at the top of their agenda—that's not what school systems are designed to do.
0: Hey, well, mm-hmm. All right. She did one term. They just elected Winnie. Winnie, what are we doing?
3: Oh, but before you go to Winnie, because I want to still finish up with Andre, because because you brought it up actually, because this gonna be my next question for Andre, but you kind of brought it up in right. your description. Winnie, you to, yeah, she, we about I, to I, fire her. Yeah, well, we about to see because because you because what you just said, I was about to ask: Is there any of that information? Because you know we talk about that all the time, right? Yes. And and APS is like a multi million dollar school system, so I would yeah. assume that they have some type of data is that data there like everything you just described yeah. and i was going to ask you about the breakdown but you broke it down is that data available? Yeah. atlanta
2: public it? school i think we are one of the most data-driven um districts and so i'm not saying anything about atlanta i'm just talking about when we start peeling back the layers do we even have the budget with that unlimited budget that um the state superintendent andrea has do once we look at the data You understand what I'm saying once we look at the data, do we have the capacity to bring in the social workers to bring in those wraparound services that she mentioned that will be able to deal with reading? Because I said as a reading endorsement certified educator that I had a kid who was in my room in 11th grade reading on a third grade level. And that was only because I did a San Diego quick test on him. Mm -hmm. And when his father came to the school to tell me that my son can read, I said, "Um, Dad, we recorded this. I want your son. I want you to hear what your son said about his reading level. And once we got through, I said that I gave him also The Pact, which is a book talking about three doctors coming out of Virginia. And I also gave him another one that called How We Beat the Streets, which is a simpler version of that. He said he hated to read The Pact because he hates reading. And then when I gave him How We Beat the Streets, he said, hey, can I take this book home? Why? Because he was able to read on level. So maybe one of the things we need to do is hire people who can come in instead of having us as educators trying to find stuff that's on level for every single kid who's reading on different levels. You can hire someone whose whole job is to take that data that you're referring to, desegregate to that data, break it down to the point where hey man, check this out, maybe what we need to start doing is tracking, even though that sounds like a bad word to people who don't understand education you cannot have a kid who's doing calculus in the same classroom with a kid who actually needs a pneumatic device or manipulative me <laughs> You get what I'm saying? So, yeah. So I was right there, but you get what I'm saying. So even exactly. if you got all the data, which Atlanta has all the data, man, but realistically speaking, what good is that data if we do not have the manpower and the capacity to give those babies what they need? Mm-hmm. And testing is not getting us any closer to doing that.
3: You answered it.
0: So you got Uh, you want to say anything on your outgoing speech? <laughs> <Damn>. <laughs> all right. All right. You ready? Yeah. All right, Wendy, you got the job. Let's go.
1: All right. So I think you touched on a good point. We You can't have this conversation without thinking about why was education created. Mm-hmm. So if you go back and study our Constitution, um, education was created to make citizens, to make proper citizens. It wasn't created for you to be smart, for mm-hmm. you to overturn the government, you know, they wanted to, right. You know, they wanted to train us how to be citizens. And I have a unique perspective because I've been teaching in a communist country for three years. I've been teaching in China. China, you can be in a classroom teaching and out of nowhere, a sound will come on and every child will get up and do something like dun, 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 dun. I mean, when I first saw it, I was scared. It was like robots on a movie. Wow. Do it again. <laughs> yeah. like, no, nah, they be like, Dang. and they're enjoying it dancing, though. Right. Dancing, so the dancing. reason that's important is because as Americans, we don't want to accept that. Although we are so that this is a democracy, a lot of our constitutional laws were based on the idea of communism. Wow. Okay. So your child is not being educated to be the most intelligent person in the room. They're being educated to know how to be a proper citizen. Okay? So let's start there. So with that being said, if I were superintendent, and this is a fantasy, of course. No, you are superintendent
2: on this show. Yeah, okay. I'm superintendent.
1: (laughs) I would create statewide boarding school Monday through Thursday. Mandatory. I like that. Mandatory. Monday through Thursday. What
3: you you mean statewide boarding?
1: Your children would be in boarding school Monday through Thursday.
3: Boarding school means that they stay there overnight. Yes,
1: they're living there overnight. Absolutely.
3: That's wow. dope. What does that do? Mm, because
1: as an educator, you know, I'm a Spanish teacher primarily. So I'm already not in the same, you know, area of y'all when it comes to mm. testing and all of that. Yes. So I have the unique experience to give them something that they're not telling you that you need this, but I'm telling you this is what sets you apart. Okay. So it's important that my kids learn Social aspects that will take their education to the next level. You know what I mean? And so when you think about boarding school, I have the opportunity to, you know, I'll give you an example. Every morning with my kids online, we exercise. I love it. School starts at eight 30 in the morning from eight 30 to eight 45. We're working out. Good deal. Faithfully every morning at eight 45, we begin our five minute meditation. We're breathing. My actual teaching doesn't begin until 9 a.m. You get what I'm saying? So now I'm incorporating how do I balance stress what's happening? Mm-hmm. How do I balance that my craziness with my life is happening and I hate school, but I love working out with my teacher and we're working out.
3: And what grade level are you at? That's, she's right. In so fifth grade, she, uh Walt high school
1: so the students i'm referring to now that is second grade okay but my spanish students raising Mhotep that's third through fifth grade mm-hmm. um but the working out kids you know what i'm saying that's second grade and
3: i wanted so, to ask y'all a question about that after two by like the different age groups cause i've seen a difference in participation levels yeah
1: got you so i'm gonna make it quick because i know we want to hear what you have to say but the reason boarding school is necessary is because we have to teach these children it's not just about stem it's about how am I applying this information to my life? How do I deal with stress? How do I wake up and work out every day? How do I make sure that I'm, you know, socially able to have a conversation or understanding what peer pressure is and how to eat properly? First of all, that's important etiquette, right? So it's not just about STEM. It's all of these things. And that's why our kids need to be life skills. They need to be in boarding school. They need to be in board of school with quality teachers. And then we need to take that educational experience and then say, now go home and apply. You got three days. Friday, Saturday, Sunday. You got Friday, Saturday and Sunday to apply this to your life. What does that look like? You're taking them out of the craziness and you're putting them into a controlled environment. And since our educational system was created to create citizens anyway then why not create the type of citizens that we want?
3: So so you're saying double double down on the communism. That's what you're saying. Whoa, that's a strong word to be using on the airwaves. I, I I mean, would she, say she's
0: saying double down on the isolation and focus on the education, right? I, Isolating the students I, from... I, I, I
3: like the idea, I just don't trust people enough.
4: Yeah, and I would say that a, yeah. a, the key to any educational system is to Make sure the curriculum addresses the students that it is designed to serve. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Our curriculum right now, like my sister said, is, is the dominant majority curriculum. Yeah. It is not designed to empower, embolden, educate, promote, advance children that are of color. Yeah
2: okay did you see that Ellen hoop she just so, so, so check this out look, see look, look look I see beard. I see it
0: and I'm about, to, I'm about to throw it all the way up to you so wow. you know we uh you know I'm hey, just can going I get I'm going back in time I'm going back in time so so we got the great Dr. Andrea she um uh, really helped us because what she did for our kids she brought them to work and you know With some companies it worked well, with some it was a little struggled and I ain't like, cause I ain't like my kid being run out of ghetto kid cause they mama clean my house. You know, it was cool, but we had to let her out. Then we hired Winnie. Winnie, uh. Put our kids in all these boarding school you know what I'm saying? She ain't do, <laughs> we don't really trust all these teachers in there. Then, then my little da, girl, <laughs> da, 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 da. <laughs> our kid got them robots and shit. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> then these little boys learn how to jump the wall on Wednesday nights, get with my daughters and all, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so like, I don't like that shit. <laughs> I need my little girl come home every night. So now, found another brother. Um, experienced educator you know what i'm saying he uh he was very he was supportive of these two sisters he was very supportive um but we're gonna give him a chance so um to our new superintendent dr kenan walker this is your address
2: yes yes first of all <laughs> let me say to everyone who preceded me in trying to address <laughs> this situation <laughs> I want to say to um Dr. Andrea, first and foremost, I think we made great strides by um, giving children an opportunity to be at the same space with their parents. So now we had more than one teacher giving attention to detail in that space, because if I'm an employee and we say we're family at work, I'm able to help your child in an area where you might not be strong. And you're able to do the same for me. Um, I want to thank um Dr. Winnie for actually coming up with the concept of a boarding school. I think it's definitely good. I think we should have school choice, and I think that maybe maybe not mandatory for everyone because I my, my kid doesn't need to be there all the time. But I do think there are a, a, a part of, a segment of that population who needs to be in that environment right there. So I have actually married what both of my sisters who preceded me um <laughs> right. have done in their tenures. And I've actually just added something. I didn't take away anything. I just added something to what my beautiful, strong sisters, who are more intelligent than myself, actually brought to the table. And that's where it starts. I think everything we're going to do in education starts and ends with what black women think. I'm saying this only because in my tenure, almost a quarter century being an educator, I think the biggest proponents for what I have done and what I would continue to do has been black women. And those black women will actually ask. And I'm not talking about just black women in a leadership position. I'm talking about black women who actually have seen what I do. When we talk about the book of actions, those black women who say, Ms. Walker, could you come and get Eldridge out of my classroom? Eldridge has already told her definitively, he's not going anywhere. And when I walk in that classroom, I don't say anything to Eldridge. I just look at my watch like this right here, Dr. Eldridge and Eldridge knows Negro. you got about five seconds to get up, grab all of your supplies and come to my room and you will complete, complete her assignment. So, the alley hoop that Andrea threw me was she said something that brought out this book, teaching what really happened. Mm-hmm. And the subtitle is how to avoid the tyranny of textbooks and get students excited about doing history, not memorizing mm-hmm. history. Mm-hmm. See, people say that history is a boring subject. No, history is boring because it's his story. Mm-hmm. Our story is not a boring story. That's because our story spans centuries where we were the fathers of math and science. We were geometry. We were um, engineering. We were um, the Hippocratic oath that they take because if you look at the back of an ambulance right now and you see the snake going around the little stick or the pole, whatever medical school students would call it, you understand that that's Mhotep. So when you said that you're teaching at a school with that great mathematician and scientist name attached to it, but if you do not make students aware Of who they are Then they feel like they have to stay in this system That they're in right now And their parents who were not made aware of who they are They feel like they have to keep their children in this system So you can pour all of the funding that you want to into the system I know I am on the clock right now I have four minutes When I say four minutes, it's four years Because I am the new state superintendent Lies my teacher told me Everything my American history textbook got wrong. So before we can actually move our system forward, we need to make sure that everyone who's going to teach in our system in this great state of Georgia, they understand that it's time out
3: for the lies. Get get that from North Clayton.
2: Yes, sir. I know you you already know. So when we say time out for the lies, what we're going to do in our first in my first um, 100 days, we're going to make sure that (laughs) we come in and we unlearn everything they have learned up to this point. Mm. Just unlearn. So this is gonna to connect to what Wendy was talking about. So now here's where that boarding school comes in. So you don't get you don't get a chance to go home in the evening time and all that foul language that you've learned. You don't get a chance to use that here. We got you through Thursday. So by the time you get home on Friday, you're kind of burnt out. So Friday is kind of like a rest day for you, you're just trying to regroup, man. Hey, we've been exercising, we've been improving our vocabulary, and man, I got this professor up there named Mister Walker. He doesn't even teach class. He just busts into any class and all he does is ask questions he got a bat <laughs> oh yes sir like joe clark negro if i had a bat them negroes would beat me the smithereens and i actually met joe clark in person you remember the real you joe clark. Last five that's years. right and then y'all i think as we start to get to the end where i am right now um the education of the negro everybody quotes the miseducation of the negro but i have to say this right here i think there um are dire circumstances Um, in my first 100 days that we're going to address in those circumstances, start with making sure that all stakeholders, I mean, everybody from the students who I will have on my leadership team, we would not use when we hold this please? We would not use the traditional model that says that the principal is at the top. We will use an inverted model. And this starting all the way from the state superintendent, which is me at the top coming down to the local superintendent down to the principals. If we say the most important stakeholders are the students, Why not have the students on the leadership team to tell us what are your needs? Because I've never seen a doctor that prescribes medicines to someone and he did not know what their needs were. He did not know what their pains were. So can you imagine you going to an eye doctor and the eye doctor gives you medication for having a bad back or for having colon cancer? No, first, you must do some serious diagnosis of what's going on. We need 100 days where we bring in enough people with the capacity to actually see where our students in the whole state stand. And what we're going to measure in the next four years is going to be growth. We're not measuring test scores because if someone comes into our system, they're already reading on a 10th grade level. And by the time they leave our school, they're reading on a 10th grade level. That is two grade levels higher than what you need to pass the state test. There was no growth, but he still passed a test that he would have passed regardless who the educators were standing in front of him. However, if we have another student who comes in and he's reading on a second grade level, And that student leaves our system reading on an eighth grade level. He made the bare minimum. He did not exceed. He was only proficient, barely made it. He increased his reading skills by sixth grade levels. But you you think I'm going to allow people to continue to pat a kid on the back who had absolutely no growth?
3: The damn science portion.
2: Yeah. so, So imagine this right here. You teach all AP classes. Every student you got is going to pass all of the standardized tests regardless. I teach all of the knuckleheads. And by the time these knuckleheads leave, they have in their portfolio a 15-page research paper on a topic of choice because I created a liberated space in my whole state that says if maybe we tap into Mark's interest, maybe Mark will be the next Ted Turner. If maybe we tap into Winnie's interest, maybe our students will be taking mandatory trips to different countries around the world where they know how to talk in that language, but they're not forced to take two years of it as a means of graduating high school. Maybe we will let Eldritch, someone who felt like he did not have the intellectual prowess to be what he thought he could be because nobody raised the bar for him to high jump and go on to excel not only in athletics, but excel in what he actually does naturally right now, which is he's a podcaster. He's an entrepreneur. He is probably the most gregarious brother I've met. And we just call him young. Hey, we call him the youngest in charge. Why y'all? Because he is the youngest in charge. Can you imagine? if we had started nurturing that giftedness when Eldridge was in second grade, Damn. can you imagine as a fifth grader in my new system as a fifth grader, I say that we're going to take Eldridge to speak before the United Nations because my world educated my world. And I don't want to say the word history, our world, our story educators. They have been talking to Eldridge about this great university called the university of Timbuktu. So the next time somebody's grandparents say, I will slap you into Timbuktu, Or they say, I'm going to slap you. They don't say Timbuktu. They say, I'm going to slap some sense into you. Really, what they're saying is, I will slap you back to Timbuktu because they know that's where the education was in West Africa. And when someone talks to you about Aristotle and Plato and Socrates, you will pull out, and I don't have time to go to my books, but you will pull out the stolen legacy. And now another S.A.T. word legacy. What is legacy? We have stolen it from you. So you have no idea what it is. So we will make sure that if you're going to teach the majority black students in Atlanta public school and other areas where we have the um, underserved community, you must teach those babies from the Navajo about their ancestors legacy. Mm. And I will conclude this will be my last day of the term when I get ready to drop the mic. I know I'm not coming back. I know I'm not coming back, but God did not create me to be in a system where the least of them did not get the same amount of attention as those students who came in already in a position that was what we would call the zenith of their academic career. So when I walk out the door, Keith, this is what I would say. I would say, first of all, thank you, first and foremost, to my students who gave me the ability to actually serve. I would say next to all of the custodians throughout the state of Georgia. I want to say to all of the custodians because this is what that inverted pyramid looked like. I want to say thank you to all of the custodians throughout the state of Georgia for making sure that we had the cleanest facility because a lot of our babies, when they leave here and go home, going back to the boarding school situation, the areas that they're going to go into, they're so downtrodden that, This is the only safe haven they got. And when they come here, Keith, I would say thank you because we don't even have garbage cans in our schools because we want to make it feel like the Waldorf Astoria. If you ever go to New York, I've been there. The Waldorf Astoria, you don't see garbage cans. So if you go into the cafeteria, we don't have to tell kids that um, we need you to get your plate off the table or anything like that. It just almost feel like Keith, the stuff is disappearing on its own. Then I would say to my classroom teachers who are my colleagues who are sitting right here to my left, I would say to all my classroom teachers, we do not have enough money in the budget to pay you guys what you're worth because I don't have anything but million dollar hitters on my team. And y'all know I wouldn't say this if I was talking in that capacity. And to my instructional coaches, my counselors, my administrators, thank you for allowing yourself to step outside of yourself and allow the young people to tell you what they need instead of bringing in guest speakers and stuff who did not have any idea about the demographics they were dealing with. And lastly, being that I am at the head of the food chain in the traditional model, but I am the last man at the bottom of the food chain in this um, capacity that I'm talking about. I just hope and pray that the ancestors as well as the most high will say well done my good and faithful servant (laughs) and that's why it's called the gospel of walk (laughs) and academic and educational ministry Hey.
0: hey man you know, you yeah, got one of them niggas that be like, really get into their role.
3: <laughs> My boy, wow. hey, you, you see how Walt came in and thanked the previous. That's how I knew it, That's how I knew it was going to be good. <laughs> hey,
2: Walt, hey, look, you about to give him the microphone. Tell people how to find you oh thank you man right now i didn't get a chance to say this my son is in the fight of of his life with clayton state university for um stuff that they do not even have enough case study on as of now but not only do they not have enough case study on it he did not have anything to do with the incident not only did he not have anything to do the incident they are charging him with academic misconduct for activities of another student in an um group me platform and he's asked For all of the evidence to be placed in his file, they have no evidence to even place him in the group me, even though he was in there at one point in time. So I don't want to give up too much on the platform. E. But right now, when I talked about systemic racism and when I talked about institutional racism for the first time, my son did not eat for three days. We literally had to go and get him off campus and take him and make him eat because he's has he's been having anxiety attack, we had to have him to go to the counselor on campus because he's been experiencing anxiety attacks so with that being said e a brother from Spain called me and he talked to me about this very topic. He said, I want you to interview for my um dissertation that I'm doing. And the dissertation is African American male perspectives on overcoming systemic racism while, um, while earning a college degree. I said, you don't even understand how timely this is for me to do this interview. So e, I could not leave this platform without saying I'm asking all of your listeners, all of your followers, if you have a child in middle school, elementary school, college, high school, see just because they're in college don't mean they don't need you. Fill out I- that FERPA form so that you as a parent has the right to speak on your child's behalf because if not my son was about one email away from being just like the central part five mm. wow. because you allowed a tenured white female instructor to actually just kind of negotiate the terms of engagement and what we realized without me saying any more about that university clayton state university policies procedures and processes were all violated That's all I'm going to tell you. And if he did not have black revolutionary parents, his mother, who would be the equivalent of um, Fannie Lou Hamer and Winnie Mandela, a daddy who would be equivalent of Saka Zulu, uh, Marcus Garvey, Stokely Carmichael, and Malcolm. He would be a student who would be right now facing academic probation. So we haven't gotten to the here yet, but I'm just asking all of you guys to follow me because I will start dropping nuggets on my Facebook at my name, K-E-E-N-E, Walker, on my Instagram at um, Mr. Awaken the Genius, that's Mr. M-R-A-W-A-K-E-N-T-H-E-G-E-N-I-U-S. And on Twitter, it will be Mr. Awaken Genius, take out the T-H-E. Um, lastly, I have a web page that's getting ready to change up, but right now you can follow me at www.kee. N E Walker.com. And I just want to say, man, again, El just thank you for giving us this platform to speak about what our children need. And I just want to say thank you to Winnie and Andrea, because I love you. Susan even though it's a short engagement, I want to say, I love you because I can feel the energy. I can feel my arm like right now my arm is shaking. y'all If y'all look at this cup my arm is shaking because it's so rare that you get a chance to be in a space with people who are genuinely concerned about the education and upliftment of our children and I refer to them as our scholars. So E, we're not giving up on them baby. We're going to keep that bar raised high. I am Keenan Walker, the realest motivator and eternal educator aka Mr. Awaken the Genius. Please follow me man and I will follow you back and I do respond to your comments. Thank you, thank you, thank you. (laughs)
0: My boy. We, hey, we, we, looking at him like Manor Jackson, man. Wish, we, wish we, we could get another term.
3: need <laughs> <laughs> like you. need
0: <laughs> like you. Uh, you know, let's go to Winnie, man. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna just hang you this mic. All we right. about to wrap it up anyway. I'm I'm gonna go. Take it off. Yeah. 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 Just get a close to Just tell the people, uh, you know, how can they follow you? How can they, um get with you and support you? Tell people all that. Uh, any last remarks you want to say also uh, as an educator? If you want to speak to the students, the, the, the teachers, other teachers or the parents during this time, anything you want to say?
1: Um, I'm, I'm just going to speak to other teachers. Um, anybody that's an educator did not go in it for the money. Obviously, we know that. And so I just want to tell you all to be encouraged. Um, Keep striving and to keep yourself around other like minded individuals, because the same for me, I literally have chills right now because it is not often that you can be in a room with people that are so passionate about the future um, of the younger generation. So just be encouraged. Stay connected. I'm going to read some of these books that he presented, Um, but we're in this together. And it's true. We are in it together. So stay encouraged. And if you want to contact me, my email is winnie at gmail.com.
0: There we go. Spell taggart.
1: Uh, winnie W-I-N-N-I-E taggart T-A-G-G-A-R-T at gmail.com.
0: Perfect. Perfect. Dr. Kill. Dr. Kill. Any last, Any last words?
4: words? <laughs> last words. I want to say to all of my fellow, fellow educators, to hang in there. Yeah. It's a struggle. And like Mr. Walker said, this is traumatic. This is a traumatic experience for our children, for our parents, for our counselors, our teachers, everybody that loves children and everybody that is striving for their success. We are all traumatized. We are all just hurting and aching because we see our babies not performing at their uh, best capacity. And so I just want to say, stay encouraged. I want to say to the parents, hang in there. To my educators, hang in there. We're going to get through this and we'll, we will get to the other side of through. Mm-hmm. And um, I want to tell my children, I love you and I can't wait to be able to put my arms around you once again. And I can be reached at adenise.keel at com.
0: Hey Denise, this has been good, man. I always, again, I be having these conversations with these educators. I be mad, but just heard, what's that? Breaking news, breaking news. Eldridge Washington was just made the superintendent. Oh, this nigga here. <laughs> 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 and, and, and he gets to say what school he wanted. So after I come in, I just want to say, um, I am a simple man <laughs> and I may not be have all the letters or degrees for this job, but I know the student that I want to affect and the type of school that I would love to see in our future as under my leadership are true community schools. And we said that. But what does that mean? Um, these schools, one of the biggest problems that I see are the parents. They're not involved enough. We don't have them. So how do we make our schools a place where our parents want to be? So I imagine a place where my gyms, where my kids work out is two sections. There's a gym that's nice enough, big enough, where parents who are now paying to go to Lifetime or L.A. Fitness, they just pay to go to the school and work out at this gym. The coffee shops that are outside of our school, we make nice enough coffee shops inside of our schools. Those same businesses that are like Starbucks, LA Fitnesses, they partner with our schools. They have satellite locations inside of our schools. Now our students can now also have working jobs in between classes. They have work studies at these coffee shops, at these gyms. So not only do they get to work at school, Parents get to meet at school. They can hold meetings and they can be there, and it makes it a more inviolable place.
4: Can I just throw just a peanut?
0: Mm. Just a peanut. Peanut. I ain't do that to your turn. And but I okay. know it's
4: I know it's controversial, but <laughs> I just want to say we reinstitute that... <laughs> the the black family, where we have a mother and a father in the home then one of the parents could be there. But because our families have been systematically torn apart, there is the situation where the parents just cannot be there. Not that they don't care. They can't be Be there. there. School hours are 7.30 to 2.30. They can't be
1: there. They work from 8 to 5. I agree, and you know people got
0: a lot of opinion during my Okay, so
1: then people are saying also (laughs) that you know you want that mid-elders, but then that also means that you know to have those family institutions. People gotta be willing to create those. You know what I'm saying? Young brothers, young sisters gotta be willing to create those structures. Oh, we about to, we
0: about to, we about to, we about to be continued this episode. That's what we about to do. I see where this going. I'ma bring this back. I promise (laughs) y'all we will do a part two for, again, I'll say this in closing. I love y'all. I really need y'all, but most importantly, I can't wait to see y'all next week. Thank y'all for tuning in to another episode of Just Elders Podcast, where we're the greatest podcast to ever hit the airwaves, where we bring on educators, not teachers. We will see y'all
3: when we see y'all back.